Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Riding the Storm Out. It is good to be back with you this week, and this week, back with my partner in crime, Dan Fisher. Of course, Pastor Dan wasn't with us last week, so we had a special broadcast. I hope that you enjoyed the overview of America. But today, Dan, you know, we we, we said, I remember telling our congregation when uh, the Obergefell decision was passed down, and and Mm -hmm. the Supreme Court took it upon themselves to say, God, you have no idea what marriage is supposed to be we're gonna we're gonna let man determine that standard i said that we have now stepped into the twilight zone yeah but i'll be honest with you i and in fact i forewarned about what we're going to talk about today yeah i never really considered that we'd actually reach a point where we couldn't figure out what gender someone was or that that was fluid it could change from day to day yeah i really didn't think that man was capable of that kind of depravity but yeah oh we are wrong but talk about no, we what are. we're going to yeah. This is what we're talking about today. Yeah, okay. So, you know, in 2015, you have the Obergefell decision, which redefines marriage. So man takes it upon himself to, to define what, to God. Yeah, yep. what, what God created. Mm. So if God doesn't define it, then what's the definition? Well, apparently there is none. Of course. Yeah. Who are you to tell me? No, I'll, exactly I'll decide right. what marriage is. So you and I have talked about, and we've been preaching for years, this whole idea of the slippery slope mm-hmm. and how if the camel ever gets his nose into the door of the tent, yep. that it won't be too long until the whole camel's in the tent, yep. right? Yep. Okay. Everybody laughs at us and says, oh, you guys, you're just prophets of doom. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to be that bad. So you, you, we've been predicting for years, same-sex marriage is going to become reality. Okay, that has. That's seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Now, just a few days ago, yep. an evictions court, I didn't know yep. there was such a thing, yep. but New York City has evictions courts. Yep. Uh, a, a judge there Trial court. Yep. Yeah, ruled in a, an eviction uh, court that a polyamorous relationship deserves the same consideration under the Constitution as a two-person marriage mm-hmm. forget about the sex mm-hmm. in this particular instance it was three guys three dudes and they claim to have had this polyamorous relationship so now the court even though it's at eviction court level mm-hmm. is recognizing polyamorous relationships well it's it's the beginning of precedent you now have a court is. ruling out there that says marriage can be whatever you want it to be. So not only did man redefine it as to where it could be two men or two women, but now it could be two men and three women yeah. or four men and a cat. Or how about 40 men? 40 men, exactly. Or 60 women. Because if the creator and the ultimate lawmaker can't decide what the law is yeah and it's up to man to decide what law is and i guess by a majority vote we can change that every day just to be anything you want it to be exactly and and it, and it won't just stop with this yep. it could be well this is not stealing so for instance in new york which mm-hmm. is a wonderful place apparently really <laughs> godly people this nonsense comes out of there so in new york if you don't steal a thousand dollars worth of dry goods but you steal 999 dollars worth you didn't commit a crime now just imagine if someone does that five days a week so basically they're still on a thousand bucks a week mm-hmm. i mean a day mm-hmm. do that five days a week that's five thousand dollars worth of goods if you could fence that for 50 percent you're making 2500 a week stealing legally in new york city but they're taking sundays off because they're honoring the lord at least well of course yeah they're probably <laughs> deacons in a baptist church somewhere for my experience so 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 paul here's the deal now let's think about somebody's gonna say well i don't care you know if 30 people want to be in a marriage that's Mm. their choice i mean freedom man okay let's just ask a question what kind of practical implications could this have 
on lives of everyday citizens who do not practice same-sex marriage or don't practice polyamorous relationships. Now, I can think of one right off the, the, the start, and there may be others. Mm-hmm. Let's think about a company that mm-hmm. pays for their employees' health. marriage benefits, mm-hmm. like health benefits mm-hmm. and other things. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that eventually, if you were still running Blair Vending and you offered family benefits for one of your employees and he or she happened to be in a 40-person marriage, yep. you got to cover all those people? I'm legally married to the entire city of Edmond, so you've got to cover 90,000 people now. Hey, that's a way to beat Obamacare, though. No, that's exactly right. But, but if you think about yep. it, Paul, if polyamorous yep. relationships become protected by the u.s constitution then wouldn't practical things like family benefits have to cover all of the people in that family it would have to be it would have to so what's that going to do to a just a a typical business who can barely afford to pay family benefits for the few employees they have what's that going to do it's going to tank it yes they're they're going to go out of business no way that's exactly Right. right so when people say well this is new york it doesn't affect me and i'm not going to do this see you you can't you don't live on an island mm-hmm. these things affect us yeah folks we, we've stepped into the insane asylum yeah. i mean we are truly in the twilight zone so you know what can we do about it and of course i would tell our pastors that are listening you know we can't affect New York City. I mean, we're here in Edmond. We no, have very, we, can't. we have yeah. very little impact in Edmond. Well, we probably we don't. We don't send missionaries to New York, though. I can tell you that. No, no doubt. <laughs> That's a foreign world but, land. But I think one of the things we've got to do is we've got to be adamant about absolute truth within our own families, no, raising right. our children. It's exactly right. And as pastors with the congregations that God has entrusted us with our flocks. And if we have enough pastors that stand up for the truth across a community yeah. or across the country, we can at least defy the 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 spread of, of abomination. Oh, exactly. But but here's the thing, Paul. If if pastors do not preach this yep. adamantly, yep. now I mean adamantly, this yep. is what God says, and there's no varying left or right to this. God says marriage is one man, one woman. Mm-hmm period, and we don't preach that adamantly, some of our people are going to think, well, you know, the Bible's not really clear Mm -hmm. on this, and, you know, we don't know. We probably need to give a little slack to these folks. And and I love the people that say, well, Jesus never talked about, well, first of all, he did. He did talk about this. But the reality is, where was the Word of God? Did it begin only in the red letters in the Gospels? No, of course not. No, it began in Genesis 1-1 yeah. and ends in Revelation 22. So, in fact, Jesus did talk about all well, of this. And, and he, Jesus even said yeah. that if you'll search the Scriptures, yep. which you and I know is yep. the Old Testament, yep. you'll find me because they speak about me, and yet you've got preachers, well-known preachers like Andy Stanley, yep. saying that you need to chuck your Old Testament, just mm-hmm. get rid of that, and that way we can have Christianity with amnesia, mm-hmm. and we don't know who we are, why we are, and what we are. We're just kind of following these red letters here that's no doubt so so we have to be adamant then in the midst of something like this so that our people don't hedge because our young people are going to hedge and the reality is there is truth and it applies to all of us god did god did define marriage god did create two sexually compatible beings on purpose so one of the things that I think we have to do as Christians, of course, with the proper um, understanding of who's in the room, but if our kids aren't taught biblical truth of sexuality, 
they're going to be curious when they hit puberty. They're going to be curious. They're, yeah. they're going to say, why, why do I feel the way I do? Why is my body doing what it's doing? If we don't teach them biblically what God has created us for, then their only recourse is to learn it at school or on the internet or yep. from some depravity like this. No, that's so right. it's imperative that we as pastors, we teach comprehensive. That means every area of life, biblical yep, worldview. That's right. What does the Lord have to say about this area of my life and that area of my life and that area of my life? Sadly, we ignore most of that as no, as no we do. The but, but not only with that, Paul, even we have to teach proper heterosexual yeah, that's right. attitudes about sex. Because why does a young man and young woman, uh, why shouldn't they just have sex on mm -hmm. their second or third date? I mean, they to, feel the yeah, urge, you know, the hormones. Are, that's no, it's yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So there's a reason why, and God says, because it's sin. Mm -hmm. So it'd be the same reason that I would tell my little one and a half year old grandson, don't touch that stove. Now, he's not going to understand hot and it's going to burn me and leave a blister and maybe a horrible scar. He has to learn, no, mm -hmm. no, do not touch that. Now, as he gets older, I can explain to him why, but I've just got to tell him, no, yeah. you do not touch that. And so sometimes I fear that modern pastors are afraid to just say, because God said so. Yeah. I mean, granted, we need. There's other explanations, yeah, right. and God says why all of the. But but really, if God said don't do it, Absolutely. and He never told us why, that's still enough. Well, think about it: is is God created us? He created us for a purpose in yep. mind, yep. and we will never find that joy of the our reason for existence exactly when we're right. trying to pursue the lust of the flesh. There's not enough to fulfill the, uh, your your covetousness. Solomon your says so. The book of exactly. Ecclesiastes, he said, I exactly. tried it all. And it's amazing. It's all vain. That's exactly, yeah. And it's amazing that when we do it God's way, God, as Isaiah says, God's way are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. Yep, it's amazing exactly how right. much better it works when we listen to the creator yeah. and follow his intent of creation. Yeah. When we're in his will, it always works best. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I hear the argument today, even by sometimes well-meaning Christians. Well, but you know, they love each other mm. and this fulfills them. Well, here's the problem, Paul, because of my fallen state, mm that I received from Adam, mm -hmm. even though I'm saved, I'm a Christian, I still battle with the flesh. Mm -hmm. There are things that are wrong that I think right. would meet my needs. Now, for maybe momentarily they would, but Scripture goes on to say, but Dan, the end of those brings yeah. death. Yeah, right. Even if I don't go to hell over it, mm -hmm. it's going to bring death to a part of my life. Mm -hmm. And so what pastors have got to do is we've got to cut through the fog of, well, you know, they love each other, or this is fulfilling for them. Doesn't matter. It might actually satisfy the flesh for a little while. You know, when the Bible talks mm -hmm. about Moses, it said that he chose to experience the afflictions yep. of the people of God than yep. to enjoy the mm -hmm. pleasures of sin for, for a, a little season. while or right. for a season. That's right. So no one's arguing that to just follow your flesh isn't fun for a while. But ask a 90-year-old mm -hmm. who has followed the, the, the lust of their flesh for their whole life, is it worth it when you're 90? And the reality is we have redefined, quite frankly, not just in America, but I'm sure in Western civilization, we have allowed this compromise to be taught. We have been taught that love is just emotions or love. We've redefined yeah. lust. Feelings, lust. Feelings. We've redefined lust as love. It's infatuation. The, the, Hugh, it's the yeah. Hugh Hefner generation sure. has redefined lust as love. No, yeah. that's that's lust. Yeah. God created us. We have four different loves, agape, phileo, storge, and eros. Mm -hmm. Eros is the intimate. That, that's that, that, that is that erotic. Yeah. But God created it to be held 
called holy. In fact, Hebrews says it's holy. Yeah. Hebrews 13, 4, that marriage and, and is, 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 is honorable among all men and the bed undefiled. Yeah. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will. But it's will only change. a fraction of love. Oh, yeah. it's, it's it's even out of the yeah. four words, yeah. it's one fourth. That's it. It's, it's not. It's not. They're not taking these. They're not basing it on that agape uh, no. foundation of. They're basing it on lust. And the perfect example of how love is not always a feeling mm-hmm. is the Bible says, "For God so loved the world that yep. He gave His only begotten Son." And when Jesus is in the garden, He's saying, "Lord, if there's any other way." That was not something that Jesus wanted to do in the flesh, but the Bible says, but because of the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. And we just have to understand that sometimes just because somebody loves something doesn't mean it's always the right thing to do. Buddy, before we close up, you have uh, preached before in our congregation (laughs) about Romans 1 and reprobate mind. Tell us, tell the audience, what exactly does reprobate mean? Yeah. Well, you know, in Romans chapter one, Paul gives the characteristics of a culture mm-hmm. that has just turned its back on God. And eventually Paul says, and so for that reason, God has turned his back on that culture. Mm-hmm. Three times he says, God gave them over. And the last time he says he gave them over to a reprobate mind. And literally what that means in the original language is a mind that does not think properly. Mm-hmm. It just cannot function properly, which means it can't function the way God designed for it to function, a reprobate mind. And I really believe, Paul, that that's why we're seeing this in our culture. I think we're a Romans 1 culture, Mm -hmm. and God has turned us over to minds that just will not think properly. You know, along those lines, I texted a preacher friend of mine, actually, uh, that that leads a... um uh, he's a priest at a Catholic co- congregation yeah, here in sure. Edmond, but he's a bold warrior. Yeah. He had called down to the OU Medical Center to talk <laughs> to them about this gender-affirming care. And he's trying to reason with the person that he's communicating yeah. with on the phone. And this person is approaching him as if he, as a minister, doesn't know what he's talking about. They're providing gender-affirming care by taking 12-year-olds and binding them, cutting their breasts off, cutting or castrating them. That's gender-affirming. No, that's not. That's child abuse. Yes. But the modern mind says, oh, no, that's gender-affirming. Yeah. I would say that's a definition uh, of the reprobate mind. I, I guarantee. And, Paul, the Bible is very clear about this, whether we agree with it or not. There's a payday someday. Absolutely. And God is going to judge this world, and yep. those who are lost are going to hear the worst possible words they could ever hear. Depart from me, you person. worker of iniquity. Mm-hmm. I never knew you. And they'll go away, the Bible says, into everlasting judgment, into a place called the lake of fire. You know, the Bible says that we will, we as believers, will give an account to God one day exactly for right. how we have. Uh, 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 responded or or handled uh, what he has entrusted to us not all of us have the same calling no but have we been faithful to what god has entrusted to us so whether we have a, a a family of four, maybe you're a mother with with three kids and, and a husband, or 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 you pastor a church of fifty, or you pastor a church of five thousand or fifty thousand, we are responsible to faithfully handle what God has entrusted that's right. to us. Preach the truth, so teach we, the truth, no matter what. We better be making disciples of that's, our congregation right. in every area, and this is one. It's amazing that we. Well, think about it. We were both born. What were you born? 1960? 59. 59. I was mm-hmm. born in 63. Yeah, you're just a child. I, I, I never thought 
we would be seeing the things yeah. that we're seeing in this world. No, but I'll tell you, for the last 25 years or so, you and I have been warning yep. Yep. that this is where we're headed. And I think this is just, this is not the end of it. Oh, no. It's going to be worse. Bestiality's next. As pedophilia's it, next. Yep. As it was. Well, yeah, that's now, uh, pedophilia's now, they're demanding it be redefined as minor attracted, a minor attracted person. Yeah. And understand the, the logic here. If God created them that way, then they can't help themselves. No, that's right. Oh, well, he's homosexual, but God created him that way. No, no. no. I'm very clear in Scripture. <laughs> God did not create them that no. way. Uh, oh, but, but if that's logical, if that's true, then why can't a person have be married to three men and four women? Or why can't a person be attracted to a minor if God's if it's God's fault he created us that And Paul, way? the average preacher, will not say that. We better. He just will not, well, no, yep. you're right. He better. Well, that pretty much wraps it up, man. We, you and I can exhaust a subject faster than anybody I know. <laughs> well, it doesn't take long to exhaust <laughs> yeah. me. I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> well, buddy, it's good to have you back. Uh, it's good Glad to we're able to be back on the air this week. Yeah, thank yeah. you for joining. Anything you want to add? Or we, oh, no. Well, no. thank you for joining us for this week's edition of Riding the Storm Out. And until next week, God bless God you. bless you. And pray for our uh, next training camp in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, the 16th yeah. of October. God bless you. Yeah. God bless you.